Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Hello once again to Entrepreneur Decoded. If you already haven't, please leave us a review on iTunes. This will help our show so much. Today, I have Andy Wilkerson with me. He's one of the greatest WordPress developers and designers in the industry today. He is the president of company Parallelus and creator of the Runaway Framework for WordPress. Andy, you have some exciting things going on in your life. Tell us a bit more about yourself and share those exciting moments with us. Um, so I'm a, uh, I'm a WordPress developer, I, would, I guess you could say right now. Um, I came from a background of doing design work and um, I've worked in marketing departments. I've done web design and uh, uh, promotional materials, advertising for magazines, things like that. But uh, everything always pulled me back towards doing web development stuff. And as I learned web uh, to create websites and do the, the backends and the database stuff, it became very powerful for me and sort of consumed all the things I wanted to do. And my hobby then became my job. I started doing that kind of stuff, and then I formed my own company so that I could create the the products I wanted to make and release them and see how they did. Um, WordPress was really just taking hold of the internet at the time when my company got started, and uh, so Parallelis became, by result, uh, a WordPress shop, I guess is what most people would describe it as. And while that's not the only thing we do at this point, it is our our major focus. Uh, we recently acquired Upthemes.com which is a dedicated WordPress theme shop. And we're going to have it so that all the parallelist WordPress-related products for themes and stuff will be nested under that host, under that uh, brand. And Parallelis will go on to continue to do other things with uh, web design, web development. Really, our, our main goals, especially mine personally, are just to find ways to make the internet and website development tools easier for end users. We want people to be able to get the most out of using the internet for their business so that they can really focus on growing and building their business and not on making websites and creating the tools they need to interact with their customers and all of those sort of things. We want them to just focus on actually running and growing their business. So it's nice, you know, when you have a vision like that and a, a direction, it helps you to see what you need to create to do it. Andy, congratulations on acquiring UpThemes. That's a big win. I want you to look back to your journey as an entrepreneur and tell me about the first few years when you just got started. So I was working for someone at the time doing content management development. We had an in-house proprietary system that we used uh, and sold directly to our customers. Um, I, was, I was looking for an opportunity to do more things on my own, and uh, I had done that. And, and what happened was I started making these HTML templates to sell on ThemeForest. And the first reaction I got, I, I released the very first one. Uh, a couple of days before Christmas uh, in 2009, and that's a terrible idea because, you know, putting out a new product right before a, a big holiday, you're never really going to see a lot of results from that. But um, the next one that I did, because that one encouraged me to do another one, and the very next one, it caught on. It was very popular. And what happened was customers were coming to us saying, can you make this for WordPress? And we'd never built a WordPress theme. I had seen WordPress. I had looked at its database and its code structure. I knew how it worked, but I'd never made a theme for it. So we realized, wow, people want this. And so that became my focus. It was, okay, let's start making WordPress themes. And um, in that process, I learned a lot about 
what it takes to create a product, to support a product, to uh, find the, the right things that the customer's wanting. And, and rather than just having to guess at those things, how do you figure out which ones are the right ones, you know, and talking to my customers and working directly with them. Those were eye-opening experiences for me because prior to that, having not run my own company before that, I didn't directly interact with customers very often. And when I did, it was mostly for them just to tell me something that they wanted, uh, not so much for me to ask them. So how many themes have you sold on ThemeForest.net? Uh, let's see. I guess we're we're just a little over 35,000, I think, at this point. That's amazing. That's a lot of themes sold. Andy, I want you to think back once again and tell me a story when you faced an obstacle or a failure because I know that 35,000 didn't happen overnight. You faced obstacles throughout the way. If you could pick one and share that with us. Ah, okay. So, yeah, failure is definitely something I can talk about. Um, so there have been several incidences over the years where I've released either a product or I've come up with an idea and it just didn't pan out. Um, in a lot of cases, I've been very lucky because even a failed product for me or what I consider failed uh, for one of my themes, they still tend to do okay in terms of sales, but not all of them are that. And there have been some that have just bombed. Um, I remember the third product I ever released, um, I followed a formula. I thought, okay, I've got a great system here. I've got a, a concept for how I create my structure of my uh, the framework of my uh, product and what features it will have in general. And I just need to come up with more designs and apply that structure to them. So I came up with a second design and I released it following the one that had just been a big success. And I, I go out of my way to try and be unique with everything I do, especially the design portion of it. It's uh, almost overwhelmingly uh, a consuming time thing for me. I, uh, in this case, though, what happened was because I had similar features and I was reusing a lot of the same ideas, as for, there were people who accused me of sort of trying to duplicate what I had done before. And the theme did very poorly. It was not a success at all. It, it never even made it to the point of going to being a WordPress theme. It, it just failed as a HTML template and people were super critical of me. Now, luckily, some of my customers who understood stepped in and would, you know, respond for me to other customers saying, he's not copying anything. This is a completely different design, but it uses similar functionality. And I think those are sort of staples of the Parallelist brand. And they were exactly right. Those were things that I had come up with the original idea. Why would I take a great idea and not use it in every future product? And I've even continued to use them to this day. It's just that people had not gotten used to that idea yet, I guess, in the WordPress world. I don't, I don't exactly know. Um, but that, that's a small example. A much bigger example would be I had this wonderful, brilliant idea that I thought for my uh, my framework runway, WordPress, and the goal was let's make it easier for me to be able to maintain and develop my themes so I can build them faster. And since they're all using similar code structures, but each one just gets morphed and built on top of for the next theme, let's build a more modular structure that we can reuse the same code over and over and over. And when we do updates. We just fix the code that needs to be fixed or apply those new updates, and they can be pushed onto all the products. The, the concept is still very powerful. We had the wrong audience, though. Um, we did not think about it from the standpoint of how WordPress was evolving, and so it, it conflicted with the direction WordPress was going in the time it took to build it, and we took way too long to build it. I still use it for all of my themes and all of my products, and it does exactly what it was intended to do, solve the problem of easier support, maintenance, 
faster updates um, and quicker build process. But uh, aside from people that have that exact need and the exact structure I sort of use, we don't really get a lot of interest in it except for people that are looking at it from the standpoint of, for example, agencies that do builds for big organizations or companies. They really like it because it fits that need where you need everything housed in the theme. It needs to be very easy to control and manage and test and um, uh, deal with updates and support over time. So that one was a hard one for me because to me that was a very personal project to me. I thought it was something that could be a new direction for the company, a, a big consuming part of it, and, and it didn't work out that way. I think everybody in the audience can hear the passion from your voice. You have fire burning inside of you. Have you always been the entrepreneurial type or was that something that cultivated along the way? So I've always had a, um, I've always had a business mindset as far as wanting to create products and Give, get them out there for people to use. I want to see that. But I would say from the standpoint of actually being an entrepreneur, having the entrepreneur mindset, that was something I had to learn. Um, I definitely liked the idea of creating my own products, of making, running my own business. I, I love the idea of all those things. It was just knowing how to actually do those things that I was never a natural at it. I had to really learn what it meant to run a business or to be an entrepreneur and to think like an entrepreneur because it was very different from me being um, a creator than to be uh, a, uh, an entrepreneur. They're, they're just different mindsets. Yeah, interesting point. Could you expand on the entrepreneurial mindset? Well, so it's, I guess the best way I can describe it is when I'm building a product, I'm thinking about the end user. I'm thinking about what they're going to do with it, why they need it, why they would want it, how it would help solve a problem for them that's not being solved somewhere else. And that's just the individual product. And I can get so deeply focused on those things that it becomes the only thing I'm focused on. And so I'm not looking at, is this the right product for my business? You know, is it the right one for my customers? Um, why would they buy this? And it, while it might be a great idea, a great product, it doesn't mean it's going to be successful or help my business. And taking that step back and being that higher level of it, and looking at, you know, well, after this product, what are we building next? And does this one make sense to even build if the next thing we're going to do changes, you know, the direction going another way? So that that bigger picture, uh, seeing the scope of things, I didn't get that in the beginning. And um, it, it was a powerful thing when I started to learn that stuff. And I was lucky enough to have people that I met and uh, through conferences and things like that. And I became friends with who kind of took pity on me and pulled me aside sometimes and said, look, you know, you're, you're missing a lot of things here where you've got these potential things that could be happening and you're falling behind. You're not reaching the potential we see for you because you're thinking about things too small. You're not, you don't have the right picture in your mind. And, uh, once you get two or three people to pull you aside and say something like that to you, that you respect those people and you have a lot of admiration for, it really impacts you. And so, Asking everybody I could as many questions as possible, um, finding people that were so much more successful than me and saying, hey, tell me what you're doing here. Tell me why you're doing this there. I would tell them stories of what I was doing and they would just immediately stop me and say, no, 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 no. You're doing that all wrong. Yeah, definitely. The people in our lives who pull us aside and tell that we're doing something wrong or something right are so important to us. Honest feedback is the best feedback. So Andy, let's say you have an idea. How do you go about executing it. So for just an idea, if you just want to build a product and get that out there, um, and let's say you don't know how to create a business around it or market it or sell it, 
Um, the easiest thing and the fastest thing to do sometimes is just to find a partner. Um, most of the people that have ended up being mentors to me were more successful in a lot of ways because they were part, they had partnerships. They were, you know, the business side and the, uh, the development side or the creative side and having those two sides really benefited them. Um, whereas I had to migrate from being the creative and the, uh, development side to teaching myself to be that other side, the business, the marketing that can be a very powerful, um, combination. And I think it's why you see it so much. Uh, and why a lot of people, you know, they'll say things like don't go it alone and all that. And the way I've found the solution to don't go it alone for me was uh, I, I, I'm in constant contact, daily, hourly contact with the people, the, the network of uh, friends and, and um, acquaintances that I've met through all of the uh, stuff I've done in the last few years. I'm talking to them every day and I'm asking them questions. And so I'm getting the benefit of all this different feedback from different areas Still, though, uh, my goal is to uh, eventually partner up with people, especially the way I'm doing it now, for individual projects. I find a person to partner with on that individual project, and that works really well. Yeah, and you've had a lot of success. What has been the one thing that has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? Oh, um, without a doubt, it is my wife. She is, uh, she's right there every step of the way, everything I do. Um, the best way I can describe it is... <laughs> when she happens to walk past my desk and I'm working on something and she'll say, oh, that looks nice. That's a big thing for her to say. And if she has the, 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 all of a sudden it just hits her to say that she's really liking something because she's usually very, uh, she's focused. She looks at things, she's critical and she will give you precise feedback. Um, uh, and, and if it wasn't for her support or being there and her pushing me into things saying, you need to do this, or, you know, you should absolutely stop working on that. It is just, you know, it's bogging you down. Even starting my own business, that would have never happened. Is she an entrepreneur as well? No, she, uh, she actually works full time. Um, she, she has a job working for the government. Uh, she's in, she's not in the army, but she works for the army. Yeah, it seems like the work and life balance is on point for you. Do you have some actionable tips for the people in the audience who are trying to balance them both at the same time? Well, so I think it's a myth to to say that there even is a work life balance because um it's it's such a, a fluctuating thing where you go from having to really really focus on your work and then you have to make up for that by really focusing on your family. Luckily, I have a very understanding wife and um, she knows that there's times where I'm just going to dig in and be doing way more than I can possibly do. And she steps up like you wouldn't believe and takes care of things that I'm, you know, missing or losing track of and just keeps up that stuff and keeps our family moving forward. But um, the truth is, you just you have to you have to be able to have someone who understands you and at the same time that you can talk to about things because uh, if something comes up, I mean, if, if she feels like I'm over-focused on something or I'm not paying attention enough to something with our family, she will come to me and she'll, she'll tell me. She just lets me know we need to try and do this. That A good example is um, she, she will just come to me sometimes and say, you know, we need to go on a little vacation. We need to get the kids and just this weekend go out of town and go do something. And uh, I know that when she says that, it means, okay. I need to figure out a way to drop everything I'm doing and go do that. It's not a big commitment. It doesn't happen all the time. But if it's important enough to her to want to get that time to go do that, I need to make it important to me to stop what I'm doing and go be a part of my family for those things. 
Andy, let's talk about success. You've had a lot of success and numbers speak louder than words. 35,000 themes sold on Theme Forest. You just acquired a new company. Let's talk about success and how to achieve it. You know, I think everybody has the potential to be much more successful than me. I, I tend to only see where uh, where I fail to uh, achieve the things that I hope I can. And um, I think there's so much that, for one thing, just being disciplined and knowing, you know, what you want to do and where you want to go and planning that. Even though the plan is never going to go the way you, you planned it, but making those plans and setting them out in front of you and seeing that vision of where you're trying to get it just gives you that uh, it's almost like like a helping hand right there behind you to always support you and make you feel like I know what I'm doing. It gives you confidence. It helps you with making decisions fast. Um, and even though those things never work out, that plan is still so important. In fact, I even describe it as the plan that I made that I'm never going to ever that's never going to actually execute the way I've hoped. Um, but you, you adapt, you know, and sometimes I'll even make a plan where I have little points on it where I'll say, okay, at this point, this is probably not going to work. So depending on, let's say I can come up with two possible scenarios there, I'll plan two possible paths out of it. But I, I typically try to just have one plan going forward and know this is where I want to get. And then I say, now, how do I get there? And I, I write that out and then I try to do it. And then the next year I look at that plan and I say, where did we go? How did we get there? Why did we get there? And I start all over again. I think people in the audience are wondering about your daily routine. At least I am. And I want to ask you about your daily habits, daily routines, and how does your average day look like as a freelancer? Ooh, I've, I've tried having daily routines. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not structured or organized enough to have that. Because my projects uh, go from one to the next to the next with uh, what I'm working on to, to complete the um, the full scope of things I'm trying to get done in a month or a year. Um, there's no, for example, there's no like, okay, in the morning I answer emails and then I'll work on my project that I need to work on for that day. And then in the afternoon I'll follow up with people that have gotten back to me. And then I, you know, do these things in the evening before I shut stuff down. I don't have a regular schedule like that. So do you have a personal habit that you pursue day in and day out and that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? I take a lot of notes. Um, I keep I keep to-do lists, constant to-do lists everywhere so that I keep track of stuff. And um, I've, I've in the last couple of years, I've started writing tons of notes in notebooks. I always kept some notes in a notebook, but I never really kept a lot. And now I keep a lot. And the that habit alone been huge because going back and looking over those ideas and regenerating those thought processes, I, I didn't realize how many things I was forgetting or how many ideas were getting lost. And those ideas, they may not be an idea you're ever going to implement, but they can impart uh, on other ideas. They can give you inspiration and help. And so I'm regularly going back through my notebooks and reading them when I just have downtime and stuff like that. Uh, but that's my that's my my most successful habit is just taking tons of notes. Andy, I know that you're a really creative person. You turn ideas into reality constantly. But when do you quit? When do you know that something is not worth your time and money? Let's say there's someone in the audience who's working on a business and they're not seeing the results they're looking for. When do you know that you should stop and move on? How do you validate an idea? Yeah, that's a tough one because um, a lot of times projects kind of hit a point where they sort of stagnate and then maybe later they end up becoming very successful. 
So it's tough to know, should I shut this down or not focus on it anymore? Um, I've never completely killed a project because I, I usually have a contingency plan. For example, Runway was developed with the intent that, you know, it would be a product and be sold on its own. But I always had a backup that, you know, even if I don't sell this, this will be a tool that my company will use. So we still develop it and maintain it and make it available for other people. We've pretty much open sourced, uh, or it's been open sourced, but we've made just about every part of it uh, at this point free with all the add-ons and everything for people to use because we just want to make it out there and have people have access to it uh, just like we do. But that's such a tough question. And I think what it comes down to is if you've got a product or an idea and it's just not doing what you think it should be doing, I think that's when you kind of have to go back and you go to that initial stage again and you say, okay, what, is, what are we making? Why are we making it? Who are we making it for? And then you go back and you redo that stuff. And maybe you go straight to your customers and you say, for the ones that are using it, you know, what are you doing with this? How are you using it? Why are you using it? You get that feedback and then maybe that helps you retarget the product or get it out there and make it available for more people like those people to know about it. Um, it that is a very tough question though. Andy, it's been so much fun, and I really want to thank you for coming in. Before we end today's show, I'm going to ask you one last question. If you could teach everyone in the world one thing, what would it be? <laughs> I would teach them all how to use the uh, inspector console in their web browser so that whenever they have a question about something, they can find the answer to it. So anytime you're using a website, you can open up this console and you can you can see the source of the page and how it's producing the HTML and the JavaScript and the CSS and all the things that come together to create that page. Um, it's extremely useful if you're making a website and you need to figure out, well, why is that one line there in red instead of being in blue? And you can inspect the page and it will actually let you highlight that line in the code and it will show you, okay, so this is being, uh, these styles are being imparted on that and this is where those styles are coming from. So you know exactly where to go to make that fix that change. But I even use it for things like when I need to print out something for directions to go somewhere uh, and it won't print on a single page and there's advertisements all over it. I'll open the browser console and I'll delete out the parts that are printing that I don't need. So it'll all fit on one page and save myself time because you can actually edit a live web page on your local machine. And that that alone has been such a useful tool for me. I think everyone in the world should be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Tell me, Andy, what's the best way to find your line and connect with you? So um, you can go to uh, our, our website. You can go to Parallelus, P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L-U-S.net. It's just parallel with a U-S on the end. Or you can find us on ThemeForest uh, under the username Parallelus. And also we're uh, upthemes.com. And uh, right now those are our main web properties. You can also check out runwaywp.com. That's our, our WordPress framework that we love. And um, uh, we're even, we even have themes on wordpress.com that are for sale through upthemes. So you can find us in all of those spots. Andy, once again, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey with us. All right, thank you, Simon. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.